Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Cosmo Happy Hour. It's everything you would talk about with your best friends, from sex to celebrity to entertainment. From the editors of Cosmopolitan.com, this is the Cosmo Happy Hour with Elisa Benson. love Halloween as much as I do it's basically never too early to start planning your next Halloween costume and basically about this time of year where it's sort of like that end of summer itch you're basically ready for it to be fall and Halloween season because again if you're crazy like me you celebrate it all month long but the real reason that we are talking about scary things today is Annabelle creation the prequel to the 2014 Annabelle thriller is in theaters now So I have all things haunted on my mind. Today, we're going to chat with a paranormal expert, a Cosmo girl with a frightening story that will make you want to sleep with the lights on, and a Cosmo editor who met the infamous Annabelle doll herself. I'm Elisa Benson. This is Cosmopolitan.com's Happy Hour podcast, and today we are talking about hauntings. Joining me on the panel is Cosmopolitan.com's senior entertainment editor, Eliza Thompson. Hi, Eliza. Hi, Elisa. So you met the Annabelle doll and lived. Tell about it. Yes, that is correct. Uh, <laughs> it happened last year. Um, so I, I don't. How, You're like, like, where the, do I even begin? Yeah, like, how do I start to explain this? Well, I should first of all say, um, this entire episode was actually your idea. I remember we were having a brainstorming <laughs> meeting for podcast topics, and you were like, "Well, Annabelle creation is in theaters. Like, we should pin a whole episode around hauntings." And I was sort of like, "What are you talking about?" But also immediately like, "Yes." Okay, so first I'll recap who Annabelle is. Yes, yes. The first movie was The Conjuring, which okay. was with. Patrick Wilson and uh, Vera Farmiga and they that movie is about something else but there's this creepy doll in the movie that lives in their house named Annabelle so then they made this other movie about just the doll Annabelle but those, like a spinoff if you right. will right but those characters in The Conjuring are based on real people named Ed and I'm already blanking on her name the Warrens <laughs> the Warrens a real life couple the, the woman in the couple uh, is still living and her son-in-law now like runs their occult museum that they have Mm. it's not really open to the public but he hosts events sometimes where he like brings different artifacts out but I went and did a piece on him and so I got to go in the occult museum and we conducted the interview like directly in front of Annabelle's case (gasps) and then I went to this other thing which they do every so often where you pay money and it's like a dinner basically like a weird dinner party where they bring the doll and then you can like go up and take pictures with it <laughs> like take a selfie with a haunted doll yeah so okay, i did so both of those to, things in terms of backtracking want to hear more about all of that but in terms of the whole idea that this movie that of course has been a really like popular addition to the scary movie genre um Wait, I just totally lost my train of thought. Basically, the point I'm trying to make is this is a real life couple. And when we say this is based on, you know, that this fictional movie is based on real things, they lived with a haunted doll. So they, well, yes, but they, their whole thing was that they were um, 
paranormal hunters, I guess, uh, where they would, people were, who were claiming to have problems with hauntings or demon possession. Right. This all sounds you so do. crazy, but like <laughs> this is their real livelihood. Right. They would go and investigate these different, um, you know, super, supernatural occurrences and oftentimes would take items with them from the homes that they had visited. Mm. And Annabelle was not, to my understanding, it was not a doll that they like got for themselves. It was something that they had investigated and then they took it home with them and she like lives in this case in their little occult museum. Okay. So they're not necessarily saying she haunted our lives. They're saying she is something that was a haunted. Right. She haunted or she bothered someone else and then they keep her because she's too dangerous to be out in the world. And so what did you feel like being in her presence? Did your skin, honestly, the hair on your arms stand up? So I believe in the paranormal, but I was a little skeptical of Annabelle. And then the day that I met Tony Spira, who's the son-in-law of the Warrens, um, I I had been having like nightmares leading up to it. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm going to lose my mind. And I thought we were just going to like have lunch at a restaurant, like a normal interview. And he was like, no, 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 no. We're going to pull up a chair in front of the occult museum. And I was like, okay. Um, I didn't want to look at her. Right. And... Like, when I had to go back a couple weeks later for the other event, I really didn't want to go. Um, And I think, like, that event wasn't so weird because there were a lot of people there. But when I was alone in that occult museum with the doll, I was, like, really freaked out. Right, right. But it's basically, I mean, this is the thing with any of this stuff. It's basically impossible to separate any possible real paranoia paranormal activity from how paranoid you felt and how in your head you were about it right like I didn't see it move or anything right it didn't like reach into your soul and try to destroy you no but I mean when you're sitting in this like dark room where there's all these weird dolls and crosses and all kinds of stuff that supposedly was demon possessed and this man is telling you stories about like how he won't go in this barn after dark because stuff moves around you're like ah Ah. Have you had any other paranormal encounters in your life? Is this something you seek out? Um, Not on purpose. There's rumor that there's like a haunted house in my family. Oh. Um, I've personally never encountered this alleged haunting, but other members of my family swear swear up and down that there's like something weird in that house. Interesting. I um, love all things that are scary and terrifying and like paranormal um I'll tell you a story at the end of the episode about a time that I was cursed can't wait (laughs) can't wait (laughs) um do you have a favorite scary movie on a lighter note my favorite scary movie is The Descent um I don't even know that one it is with there's like no one famous in it but it's about this group of girls um who go spelunking uh in a cave and it is just like the most scary most claustrophobic movie and it still scares me even though I've seen it like a hundred times and does anything supernatural happen in the movie or it's more about the environment being terrifying um or should I not ask because it gives it away uh, well it's kind of both yeah like there I would say there is some supernatural stuff but before any of that starts happening the movie is still really really scary because they're stuck in this dark cave right have you seen um the what's it called the Babadook no I still haven't seen it it's really scary I, we were just talking about this, weren't we? I really want to watch it. Yeah, it's good. I, I like, to be honest, I don't know if I have a favorite scary movie, but that is one that comes to mind because it's a good one. Yeah. Um, 
So I think we should go ahead and call up some of our friends who maybe have some of their own um, paranormal stories to share. How does that sound to you? Sounds great. Great. So this first scary story is from Cosmo Girl Lauren, who is convinced a building at her university is haunted. I'm going to let her tell the story and you can decide for yourself. So when I was in college, I had two things happen. Um, I went to Marquette University in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I was a broadcasting major, which uh, operated out of Johnston Hall, which is, if you look it up on many lists of haunted buildings, um, specifically in the Midwest, my I had heard rumors that... There was a Jesuit priest that had jumped off the fifth floor and people would hear footsteps at night um, or, you know, see people behind locked doors. Um, I had a couple times I would hear footsteps in the hallway. I had a late night radio show um, where I would be there by myself and I would hear footsteps but never really saw anything. Um, my fiancé had a moment where he was editing in one of the editing bays late at night. It was like 3 in the morning, and he heard old-timey radio music coming from behind a locked engineering room door where the power had been shut off to that door, um, to that entire room, I mean. And because he's a crazy person, he went back and kept editing because he needed to get it done. I would have bailed so quickly. Um, but he was a student engineer for that floor, so we often stayed late to lock up. And one time we were having, like, you know, like a classic couple's, like, spat argument, but not like a serious one. And he, like, pretended to slam the door on me. And then we opened it back up and kept talking. And a couple seconds after that, every piece of paper in the entire room fell to the floor. There were post-its on every wall. There were papers on desks. All kinds of things all fell to the floor. Um, and it was several beats um, after after he had reopened the door, so there was no way it was caused by, like, a wind rush from opening the door. We definitely, like, we're like, okay, we should go. Um, and a couple people have had weird instances since then, but I will never forget how, just at the same time, every single piece of paper fell to the floor. It was crazy. Ooh. <laughs> Wait, actually, I don't think I get it. Her boyfriend slammed a door and things fell down? I think so. Yeah. Doesn't that seem like what would, like, I don't know. Doesn't that always, like, happen? You know how just doors are always, like, mysteriously opening and closing themselves? I don't like, know. I don't know. Like, pressure? I believe it. <laughs> you were You were scared. Okay, well, at first when she was talking about how she was just, like hearing footsteps, I was like, okay, whatever. Right. In and college, it's like, when don't you? I don't know. The paper thing's creepy. It is creepy. I don't know why I'm like, I don't know why I'm being such a skeptic. I obviously believe in ghosts. Um, it actually does remind me of a time growing up we had in my house one of these like basketball games like they have it in an arcade where you like shoot little balls into a hoop or whatever and it played a song when your 60 seconds were done and um 
one time in the middle of the night, my entire family woke up because we like heard the song going off in the basement, which would like only go off as if someone was like playing it. That's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> which like I'm sure it was just like a power surge or like I'm sure it just got activated in some other way. But we always still tell that story of like LOL. And like we definitely had it was a finished basement, but it was definitely like a terrifying, creepy like you would never go down there like alone at night stuff like <laughs> or that or you would die anything electronic going off by itself is like terrifying to me i hate that so much yeah i was watch i watched all of stranger things by myself which i found like really scary even though that's in some i mean it's scary it's Did scary you, yeah it's scary so i don't even feel like i need to give a disclaimer on that but i had one of the things where i had some like speaker that my phone was hooked up to and just like automatically the bluetooth on it would disconnect after like an hour or something so at one point the speaker said out loud like bluetooth disconnecting <laughs> like in the middle of watching the show and i just like jumped off the couch <laughs> i was like oh my god it's the upside down <laughs> I feel like watching that show, any kind of lights flickering, like any kind of basic um, like technology little like glitch was really terrifying. Yeah. I can't wait for it to come back. Um, but OK, so you you believe Lauren. I've decided to believe her. I mean, I feel like she could have a could get way worse as yeah. like ghost stories go. Yeah. But that's like a pretty... I don't know, I've been on a lot of ghost tours where they're like, and then someone was alone in the house and then the radio was playing or they started right. hearing an orchestra play and there was no orchestra anywhere. It's always like an orchestra. Yeah. It's never like Britney Spears. No, never. never. Although my ghost, that'll, you'll, <laughs> you'll be haunted You'll by know my presence toxic. when the opening strains of Toxic start playing. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Okay, um, I am already ready to dive into another ghost story. So let's go ahead and give our next guest a call. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Our first guest on the line has been a fan of the supernatural since she was a teenager. She toured the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum in Western, in Weston, West Virginia, and wrote into us about her experience there, along with an image taken at the asylum of her husband. And if you look closely, there is something supernatural behind him. Here to share with us her experience is Nina Alexander. Hey, Nina, how are you? I'm awesome. Good. Where are you calling in from? Uh, Suffolk, Virginia. From, okay, great. Um, so for first of all, um, as soon as we were putting this episode together, Eliza, who's like on the line with us now, was like, oh my gosh, I've heard of the Trilands Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. It's a thing. But for people who aren't familiar, can you just sort of give like a one sentence description of what it is? Um, it's a state hospital closed in 94. Uh, they used to do crazy medical uh, stuff there, lobotomies, shock therapy, just some really brutal stuff. Um the years and so it's no longer functioning as a hospital but now you can tour it and of course it's haunted because it used to do crazy things there right absolutely and so why were you interested in going how did you find out about it and why did you want to go um when I was 13 years old I saw a documentary about it on the travel channel and I've always been interested in the supernatural stuff ever since I saw Nightmare on Elm Street when I was eight years old Mm. and um ever since then since I saw it I wanted to go and I never knew that they did tours. I've seen Ghost Adventures has gone there, Ghost Hunters. Um, tons of people have gone and, and have watched these shows. And then my husband was online one day and was like, hey, do you know you can you can go yourself and explore it? 
And I was like, no, let's do it. So we booked it and went. <laughs> and so how much did it cost to go on this adventure? Um, they have different, like, sizes of tours and, and times and stuff. The one we did was overnight. And it was about $100 a person. Oh, my and God. That covers you... all your insurance and waivers and all that. Oh, my God. You spent the night there? Yep. We started about 8 o'clock that night, and we left about 4.30 the next morning. And how did you feel when you were there? Did it feel creepy AF, which is what I'm imagining? Absolutely. Um, at first, it kind of feels surreal, um, just because I've been wanting to go there for so long. Yeah. It felt like I was in a movie. But the longer you're there, your adrenaline's pumping the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, you're having all these experiences and it's just terrifying. <laughs> so did you see haunted things or was it just more the feeling of being in this super creepy environment? Well, you always have that feeling like you're being watched or like something's going to get you. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we did experience some things. We would see like some shadows out of the corner of our eyes or we hear voices. We'd ask questions and get answers. Um, lots of stuff like that. Really cool. Oh, and so tell us, you took a picture of your husband standing in like what looks like a terrifying basement. Talk about this picture since this is obviously a podcast and people can't see it. So um, it's actually an attic. We were on the fourth floor of the medical center building and uh, there's only one way in, one way out. Um, it was be- The entrance was behind me. We were the only two in that whole building and there was nothing there. We were doing a audio recording session and he's asking questions while I'm snapping pictures mm-hmm. and um there's nothing up there. There's no furniture, no mirrors, nothing. There's a, a bucket and a cup with only, only things up there. And so I didn't think anything of it. I was just snapping pictures, and we went through the next day, and he was looking at him. He said, do you see anything in this picture? I said, no, why? He said, there's something behind me. So when we, we plugged it in and blew it up, and we could see it. And it is this eerie woman, it looks like to me, behind him. I mean, the skin is gray. The eyes are really close together and kind of, like, slanted, like, like a snake almost. And it's just really creepy. So it's very like a sort of like shadowy. Because I first looked at this picture and, you know, couldn't really see anything. But if you look mm-hmm. closely, there's a suggestion possibly of some kind of supernatural force. Can you describe mm-hmm. it a little more in detail? Um, just just eerie and angry. The whole, the whole time we were in that building. Um, and we Obviously, we didn't see anything when we were in there snapping pictures. Right. But when we were listening to our audio recording afterwards, we were asking questions, and we, we heard something say, leave, on the audio recording. Oh, my gosh. So there was something in there not wanting us there. <laughs> right. And so would you ever do something like that again? Oh, absolutely. We're going back <laughs> next year. We're planning uh, a trip to Philadelphia to the Eastern State Penitentiary. We're going to check that one out, too. Oh, I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, how is it? <laughs> well, I don't know. Are you guys? I didn't. I went for a haunted house thing, like during Halloween. Oh, okay. So I don't know if can you go there and stay the night. I don't know if you can do all night. I know they do um, several hours through the night, but I don't know if you can stay all night like you do at the Lizard Asylum. Okay. Well, this was like a like a regular haunted house that just happened to be set in the penitentiary, but it was really oh, okay. really really creepy. Um. So. I feel like all of this sounds terrifying. Um, and I have like a weird logistical question about the lunatic asylum. What did you sleep okay. on? <laughs> like a weird cot or like the floor? What, where I slept? Yeah. We didn't sleep. Okay. You were up all night. Yeah. We, we stayed up all night and investigated. We had three buildings to investigate. Okay. And were you guys the only one there? Or was it a whole team of people? There was a team of us. There was 10 of us. 
Um, there was me and my husband. There was a group of three. Um, it was a family, and they were they were really into ghost hunting. They were professionals. Oh. And then there was um, another group of girls, and I think they were just there to get the snot scared out of them. <laughs> right, right, right. That's really interesting. But 10 people isn't very many. Like, you could definitely no. be out there mm-hmm. by yourself. We took turns going in so that would be our group would be the only one in the building at the time, so we mm-hmm. wouldn't contaminate each other's evidence. Right. So... If there, if you could go again, which it sounds like you're planning a trip back, is there anything you would do differently? Like, did the experience of spending the night there, like, do you need to upgrade for better equipment? Do you feel like you would take more pictures? What would you do differently? Um, I think we ended up leaving early. We left about 30 minutes early. And it was because in the last building, uh, you just felt like something was going to get you. We did a spirit box session that told us to F off and go to hell. And my husband got scratched. Oh, my gosh. Um, he had three huge scratches down his leg. And um, at that point, I was like, I'm done. I'm, I'm terrified. Something doesn't want us here. Yeah. And I think if I went back next time, I wouldn't chicken out, and I would try to face it and yeah. see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, and see what happens. But what if, Nina, what if you die? <laughs> um, well, I signed a waiver, so they don't have anything to do with it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And so final question, what do you say to the people that say you're making all this up or it's just, like, in your head? Um, I would say my husband, who is a total skeptic, I've never been able to get him to go on an investigation with me. He thinks it's a load of crap. He, he'll watch the, the shows with me, and he's like, yeah. oh, that's staged. Um, after that experience, he's a believer now. Yeah. Like, he, he, all, he always thought it was just make-believe until he went and he said, you, you don't know what it's like until you feel it. Right. And, and you've experienced it. And, and now he's, he's ready to go again. Yeah, and he has the scars to prove it, apparently. Yep. <laughs> You're actually reminding me, Nina, that I have a mysterious scratch on my forehead, actually, as as we speak, that appeared this <laughs> week, and I don't know why. And I don't think I was in any, like, haunting, haunted surroundings, but I guess you just Uh-oh. never know where ghosts are. <laughs> they walk among us. They can be anywhere. <laughs> they can be anywhere. <laughs> well, Nina, thank you so much for sharing your very scary experience with us, and keep us posted on your future ghost tour travels. I will. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Bye, Nina. Bye-bye. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Our next guest was a part of the world's first female paranormal investigation team. Her paranormal expertise has been featured in appearances on hit television series like TLC's Paranormal Lockdown, Kindred Spirits, Animal Planet's Finding Bigfoot, and the Canadian series The Girly Ghostbusters. She's the co-founder of Week in Weird, one of the internet's most popular destinations for true tales of the unexplained. She also travels the country with her husband, giving unique lectures at paranormal conventions on topics like how to get abducted by aliens. Welcome to the show, Dana Matthews. Hi, Dana. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. How long have you been dedicated to the paranormal? Oh, I'm gonna, I give my age away here. Um, <laughs> I sort of started to actually investigate the paranormal probably around 2001. Okay. It's been a while. And what first got you interested? Um, in the beginning, it was sort of like copious amounts of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and The X-Files and uh, those kinds of shows. But they were sort of the starting point uh, for my interest in the paranormal. And it kind of just got me out into going to some of these places to actually see if these things actually existed. And so what kind of, you know, how exactly one does, how exactly does one become a professional ghost hunter? 
That's, well, the interesting thing about the paranormal uh, is that there really aren't any rules. So you can kind of just call yourself one if you want. Uh, so I sort of, the way that I look at it is, uh, you know, I've investigated with teams and now I investigate with my husband. And it's really just been a matter of my, that my passion is still kind of just the same as it was way back when. And so what's a typical day for you like? Um, so aside from being a paranormal investigator, my husband and I also curate the traveling museum of the paranormal and the occult. So our days are definitely weird ones. We, uh, we do a lot of traveling across the country. Uh, we do a little lecturing about paranormal experiences and haunted objects. And we also actually travel a lot, uh, getting new objects for the museum from other people. Um, And I'm sure one of the questions that you encounter all the time is people that just don't believe anything that you're doing. What is your sort of standard line for dealing with the haters? We, one of the things that we will always do is sort of invite people who instantly sort of are completely, you know, non-believers. We invite them to investigate with us and to try to have experiences for themselves because it's it's easy to sort of sit back when you've never had an experience or maybe never gone to, you know, a place supposedly haunted it's kind of easy to sort of say like oh you know it's not real everybody's crazy believes in ghosts but once you have your first experience it can change everything so that's kind of usually what we do we'll kind of like edge them into getting out there and and seeing if they can experience something for themselves right and so i'm sure you visited all the haunted places in the world what has been one of your scariest experiences Oh, my gosh. I think probably the scariest experience that I've ever had actually happened uh, when I was uh, still investigating with the Girly Ghost Hunters way back in the day in a place in Ancaster, Ontario, called the Hermitage. And so the house is in ruins now. It was a big mansion, uh, and it burned down, uh, I think, about 70 years ago or so. And uh, the city kept the ruins, and now it's sort of a park, and you can go and experience the park, or you can go and investigate it. And so my friends and I trudged out into the middle of nowhere where this, these ruins are, and uh, we did an investigation. And about an hour, an hour and a half into our investigation, we saw what looked like uh, three eight-foot-tall static creatures. They, they were sort of they had elongated arms and legs. I always kind of describe them as looking like television static. Mm. And they sort of came looming at us out of the woods. And this, again, was back again when I was uh, investigating with Girly Ghost Hunters. So we were actually filming our series. So there was an entire crew of people who were skeptics who all witnessed the same thing. Hmm. And these very tall shadow beings sort of uh, herded us off the property. And they, there was definitely a sense that they did not want us to be there. Hmm. Do you, would you say most of your encounters are with... Um Sorry, what do you call them? Ghosts or just like hauntings? Uh, um, spirits? Yeah, you can call them spirits. That's okay. probably the best thing. Would you say that most of your encounters are with spirits who are unfriendly or with spirits that are just like hanging around with like, you know, that cliche about unfinished business? I think that more often than not, you kind of get the just hanging around uh, spirits and entities and ghosts. Um, and I think more often than not, uh, because when people do have an experience with the paranormal, especially when it has to do with ghosts, it can be really terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes that can be perceived as being kind of mo- like malevolent and sure. evil and negative. So I think more often than not, they're kind of just people who were once here that are kind of still going about their business. And every once in a while, you do get something that's a little bit more 
on the, you know, quote unquote evil side. Right. But yeah, more often than not, I think it's just, it's probably just grandma checking on you. Right. And what is your goal? Are you interested? I mean, in some ways, um, and we just spoke to a guest earlier on the show that has started visiting some of these places with her husband. And for them, I think it's almost a sense she's really interested. But I think for her, it's really about this sort of adrenaline rush of doing this. But for you, is there something, you know, are you hoping to gain a deeper understanding of spirits? Are you hoping to make the paranormal world more accepted and mainstream? What are you really hoping to accomplish with your work? I think it's kind of all of the above, really. Like, one of the things that I love doing is uh, lecturing about some of the experiences that we've had because it can really change the way that someone looks at their reality, really, for the most part. Mm. So for me, you know, I love the adrenaline rush. I, I would never lie about that. It's fun being scared, and it's really fun going to, like, these incredibly haunted places because they have so much history. But I think that after having done it for 20 years or so, uh, I think for me it's kind of become this this really cool way to sort of teach people about stuff that's happening that might seem a little bit strange. Hmm. Have you ever been, this is like maybe a boring thing to forget, <laughs> but have you ever been to Marfa, Texas? I'm dying to go there and I've read about the like unexplained lights. I have never been there, but it is on, like it's one of the top bucket list places for me. I did get to go to a place it has sort of very similar uh, phenomena happening there called uh, Brown Mountain. It's Brown Mountain, North Carolina, and they, they're the same types of things. They're these balls of light that come up out of the, the trees, and they have a, a lookout where you can stand there. And we were investigating uh, alien abductions in that area and actually witnessed the lights. But, yeah, wow. Martha, Texas is definitely on my list. Right. What other places are on your list? Oh, my gosh. I, I've been lucky enough to get the chance to, to go to a lot of yeah. them. Pardon? Oh, so, sorry. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, I was no, going to say, you've pro- yeah, you've disagreeing. You've probably gotten to go to most of the, the haunted places that you wanted to see. Absolutely. I think probably the number one place left on my list is in Italy, and it's called Pavalia Island. And uh, it uh, it's, it's an entire island that's haunted, and um, they would bring people who were suffering from the plague there and just sort of dump them off. And it's supposedly one of the most haunted places in the world for understandable reasons. Um, but I think there's like a really creepy element where you do have all this paranormal activity going on, but you're also very isolated. Hmm. So I think that's probably at the top of my list. That sounds so terrifying. Yeah, it, it really <laughs> does. Wait, I know that there was something specific, Eliza, super not fan of all things supernatural, wanted to ask you about. Okay, I have, two, I have two questions. What sure. is the scariest place you've ever been to in the United States? The scariest place I've ever been to here is probably hmm, there's there's probably two. Uh, so this one of the scariest places is uh, an old asylum called Penhurst Asylum. And uh, it was shut down, I think, in the 60s uh, because of neglect. And it used to kind of be a place where people would basically just come and dump their kids off. Hmm. So it it was a horrible, kind of deplorable place. Uh, There were very few doctors and nurses who were capable of of dealing, like, and handling the children that were there. And it was just overcrowded. And it's a really sad place to go. And so today uh, they allow people to come in and investigate the ground and it's a it's a huge compound so it's a lot of space to cover but when the second you get there you just have like an overwhelming sense of sadness because Mm -hmm. of what happened there and um it didn't really even happen that long ago so that's probably one of them and then the other place 
I probably would say is Waverly Hills Asylum in Kentucky. That's the, and that was, I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> Waverly Hills is crazy. I, I actually was so lucky that a friend of mine recently uh, rented Waverly out for the night. And usually when you get the chance to investigate, it's with like 20 or 30 people. And she and her friend had all of their friends kind of bail out. So at the last minute, it was just sort of the four of us mm. in this huge, massive hospital. And that place is incredible. It was a tuberculosis hospital, and uh, there are definitely people that are still there that spent a lot of time there. Just a very, very active place. Hmm. Yeah. I, well, I was going to ask you about Waverly because I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky, and that was like the urban legend, like the test of every high school kid. Like, could you go <laughs> drive to Waverly and like go in? And I everybody would go and drive there, but very few people would ever like get up the courage to drive to go into it because well, i it's think crazy be- i i mean i only got the chance to see uh waverly again it was like a month ago and it's sort of like the place like everyone's always like you have to go to waverly you have to experience it so my expectations were through the roof and i was like it's never going to live up to my expectations it's mm-hmm. just going to be like and we got there and it did it absolutely did kind of blew my expectations out of the water actually um dina do you think some people are more in tune you know, do you think you have a gift? Like, if if you put a hundred people, you know, in Waverly, would some of them experience it and see different things? I think that one of the things that that my husband and I talk about a lot is sort of intention and how your intention can dictate your experience a lot of the time. Um, and I think it's partly because you are to a certain extent opening yourself up to having experiences as opposed to someone who's a little bit more skeptical that would come into a place and already sort of have an idea about what's going on in their head in the place. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think, I think it's again, one of those things where we we're all capable of having these experiences. It's really about whether or not you're kind of open to having them. Hmm. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. And um, I what was the other question that I had in my mind that I wanted to ask you about? Uh, now I'm blinking. Um, how did you meet your husband? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Okay, that's an interesting story. So back in the day, again, 2001, uh, my husband and I ran rival ghost hunting websites when we were kids. Oh my god! And gosh. so, yeah, I was I was living in Canada, and it was my all my friends and I. So we were all girls, and he was living in Pennsylvania, and it was all his dude friends. And uh, we basically, yeah, we ran rival web or ghost hunting websites where in the beginning we were sort of like a brother-sister team, and then we got a TV show and they didn't, so there was a little bit of <laughs> little bit of animosity there. Um, but we just kept in touch over the years and reconnected uh, seven or eight years later and met, and now we're married. That is the cutest thing I've ever heard. You are ghost-crossed <laughs> lovers. <laughs> Um, and so I, I think it is interesting, and you reference your all-girls website, you know, you were part of the world's first female paranormal investigation team. I would sort of imagine, although I actually have no idea, that the paranormal community is somewhat male-dominated. Is that sure. okay? Yeah. But I would also say I think that women would just be better ghost hunters. <laughs> women are more I, intuitive. We're more emotional. I totally agree. It was funny because, you know, when we first started, my friends and I were, we were obviously females, but we were also really young. And so at the time, this was kind of before the big ghost hunting television show craze took over. Mm-hmm. And the community was sort of really 
a lot of older men who kind of didn't understand why a bunch of teenage girls would be interested in looking for ghosts to begin with. Mm-hmm. So we were kind of in, in the mid, you know, in the beginning met with a bit of sort of like skeptical curiosity about what we were doing. Um, and it didn't really bug us. We just kind of kept doing our thing and didn't really pay attention. But I think you're right. I think that, I think that again, it's all about your intention. It's all about kind of being open and ready to have these experiences. And sometimes women are a little bit more willing to do that. Right. And so finally, we've, um, unless Eliza has any other questions to fire at you, but I feel like a lot of the places that we've talked about and that have come up in this episode, you know, insane asylums, you know, hospitals with suffering patients, a lot of these sad environments, I think we can imagine would sort of lend themselves to more spirits and ghosts. But I want to say, whenever whenever I see those slideshows on the internet of, like, abandoned amusement parks and abandoned shopping malls, they're so creepy. And I personally think there's something very haunting about this idea of places that are really happy settings being sort of abandoned. Do you see that in your work as well in terms of, like, hauntings at places that were actually, like, very happy in their heyday? Absolutely. I think I think it's, you know, I think we kind of get hung up on the idea that that trauma and, and kind of hardships are what cause a lot of this uh, activity. And I think that you can find the same type of activity happening in places where people are just coming back to places that they love. Like there's, you know, there's there's a. a a theory that Disneyland is actually haunted mm. and Disney doesn't want anyone to know that because again, it's a happy place on earth and you know, you don't want to take your place, your kids to some place where there's ghosts, but right. there are lots of stories about Disneyland uh, being this place that has so much activity because there's so much love and there's so much energy kind of put out in this location. So yeah, right. I, I completely a hundred percent agree with you. That's very, very interesting. Well, Dina, it's been it's been fascinating to talk to you. Eliza, do you have any other questions before I let Dina go? No, that's it. <laughs> well, Dina, thank you so much. And where um, is the best place for people that are interested in learning more about your work to check you out? People can find me um, at paramuseum.com or weekendweird.com. Great. And come visit us next time you're in New York. Absolutely. I'll bring some haunted items with me. Ooh, yes. Eliza (laughs) has a specialty in writing for Cosmo about her encounters with haunted items. It was only one time. One time. Well, but you're (laughs) you're on the ghost beat now, Eliza. The spirit beat, I should say. (laughs) Well, Dina, thank you so much. It was great to chat with you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Eliza, this was so fun. I think that maybe every episode of the Happy Hour podcast should actually just like be about ghost stories. Can we do like a remote? Um, podcast where we go to a haunted location and then yes like hold microphones up to doors and oh see my if we God. hear scary stuff I love that let's do it for Halloween yeah yeah can, which I'm is sure right around the corner there must be like a crazy old hospital we can go to like upstate yeah there has to be <laughs> we'll ask we'll call up Dana she'll know and maybe she should come with us because I feel like you and I might be a little too chicken to do it on our own I also don't have any ghost hunting equipment oh yeah I don't think my like terrible recorder will work right iphone voice memo right exactly not reliable <laughs> and you know that iphones are terrible at taking photos in low light so there's it's just true. no way that we can trust it um well eliza thank you much so much for joining and for having the idea to do this episode in the first place <laughs> My have pleasure. you seen the new annabelle movie yet final question I have not and it's in theaters now right uh, it came it went i don't august know. 11th august 11th okay okay um so yeah maybe like um maybe we should make a date to go and do that 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm like my interest in all things scary has been reignited. So finally, Eliza, do you want to shout out where people can find you if they want to share more ghost stories with you on social media? Uh, the best place is Twitter. My username is Thompson Plaid. And you guys should check out all of the amazing writing that Eliza does every day for Cosmopolitan.com. Find that story she did with the Annabelle doll. You know, maybe if that story goes all of a sudden viral, it will mean you get to spend even more time writing about ghosts, which would be amazing for all of us. I mean, that was definitely one of my career high points, the Annabelle doll meeting. Right. But the first of many to come. And as always, you guys can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, at Elisa Benson. I love hearing from you guys. So let us know. If if you guys want Eliza and me to spend the night in a haunted, insane asylum, let us know. And we'll do it. I love bringing you what you want to hear more about on the Cosmopolitan.com Happy Hour podcast. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. And please share it and rate it and tell all your friends about it. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.